Andres Escobar, known as the Gentleman of Soccer, was born March 13, 1967, in Medellin, Colombia. He grew up in a middle-class family and participated on many different soccer teams growing up. His father was a banker who founded an organization that gave young people the opportunity to play soccer instead of being on the streets. His mother unfortunately died in, on November 11, 1985 from cancer when she was 52 years old. This affected Andres, only 18 years old at the time, as they had a really close relationship. His mother always supported him on the sideline at his soccer games, and because of his mother's passing, he really took soccer seriously in dedication to his mom and how much she supported him and the game. There came a time when Andres finally had to decide if he wanted to play soccer or keep going to school. Andres was very dedicated and a very serious student, which made this decision a little bit hard, but he ended up going for his and his mother's dream to play for the national team in Colombia. His career moved quickly. In 1986, at the age of 19, he was on the reserve team for Atlético Nacional, which is one of the biggest teams in Colombia. Coaches, teammates, and opponents said Andres wasn't the type to want to hurt you or by any means a dirty player as a center back. He wasn't fast or much of a showboat, but he was just always at the right place at the right time. He had a calmness about the way he played. After not being able to compete very well internationally for years, Columbia finally had a good team, but people grew suspicious of how this happened and how it came out of nowhere. Coach Maturana, the head coach of Atlético Nacional, saw that drug money in the soccer world as allowing the team to bring the best foreign players or to keep players from leaving, saying, we didn't change anything about our culture or the vibe of the team. We were just getting paid more. Now talking about another Escobar whom we all associate with Colombia, we all know Pablo Escobar as the king of cocaine. Pablo Escobar was the main drug lord for Medellin with no relation to Andres, but they just have the same last name. Atletico Nacional is funded by Pablo Escobar. As much as Pablo loved soccer, he also used his funding of this team to launder hundreds of millions of dollars. Pablo had his own army with helicopters, fighter jets, and with that kind of money in the 1980s, he could pay off politicians and police officers to stay out of his business. Pablo used the soccer team to launder his money. Instead of saying he made a million dollars in ticket sales, he said he made two million, or claimed that he sold a player to another team for more than he actually did. And that extra money, well, that was actually clean now. Pablo Escobar had a soccer field on his land and bought players to play games and bet on teams against other drug lords in Colombia. Despite Pablo killing politicians, police officers, and other drug rivals, the community loved him. But why? Why love a man who was a drug lord, narco-terrorist, and who was the sole leader of the Medellin cartel? A cartel who was responsible for more than 4,000 people's deaths. People loved Pablo because he built soccer fields in the slums of Medellin, schools, neighborhoods, and health centers. So to the community of Medellin, Pablo was a hero to the town. He was seen as the Robin Hood of their community when he was eventually killed in his hometown more than 2,500 people attended his funeral.
1987, Andres got moved up to play with the first team when coach Francisco Maturana took over as a head coach for the Colombian national team. He saw Andres practicing with the reserve team and quickly called him up to play for their national team. And finally, in the start of 1988, he was playing for the team of his dreams at the age of 21. He was playing for the Colombian national team as a captain. On March 30, 1988, he made his debut for, Colum for the Colombian national team against Canada. This is also when soccer became a tug of war among the drug lords in Colombia. Gonzalo Rodriguez, known as El Mexicano, had his soccer team called Millonarios FC, based in Bogota. Pablo had Atlético Nacional, based in Medellín, and Miguel Rodriguez backed América de Cali, based in Cali. The Cali cartels often paid referees to make sure that their América de Cali team would win games, and in some instances on calls which angered the players, the players would physically kick and fight the referees. When rival drug lords started to get extradited, Pablo Escobar killed the presidential candidate, Luis Carlos Galán, in 1989 when he was about to make his way up to the stage to make a speech. During this, at least 10 others were wounded in the gunfire. On May 31, 1989, Atletico Nacional was about to play the final against Olympia. It was going to be a tough game, but the whole stadium was filled with green jerseys, the color of Atlético Nacional. With Olympia up 2-0 at half, doubt started to settle into the fans. But as second half started, Nacional scored two goals and ended up taking the game into an old-fashioned penalty shootout. Andres was first up. Just at the age of 22, he had so much pressure on the first shot. With his professional career just starting, people said he was too young to go first and too inexperienced for the pressure that came with making a penalty at such a big game. This penalty shootout went eight rounds, so you can imagine that this was a very intense shootout with misses and blocks by both teams. It all came down to this last shot by Leonel Alvarez taking the eighth and final penalty to win it all. As he started to make his run, he stutter-stepped, causing Olympia's goalie to dive left and with that, Alvarez buried the shot in the bottom left corner. And that was it. Atletico Nacional had just won Copa Libertadores and became the first Colombian team to win it. Now, if you didn't know, uh, this tournament is equivalent to the Champions League, just based in South America. So it was a big win for the club. Andres later went on to play in the 1990 FIFA World Cup qualifiers. The Colombian national team was the winner of Group 2, but had to play an intercontinental playoff since they had the worst record among the group winners. Colombia won 1-0 on aggregate against Israel and qualified for the 1990 FIFA World Cup. Andres later went on to play all the matches during the World Cup, but unfortunately, they were eliminated with a 2-1 defeat against Cameroon in the round of 16. A year later, in 1991, Pablo Escobar turned himself in for a reduced prison sentence with a promise to stop trafficking drugs. As part of the deal, the authorities built him his own jail, soccer field, bar, jacuzzi, and waterfall. One day, the national team showed up to play among those players was Andres. Although he didn't want to be there, he figured he didn't have much of a choice. In July 
1992, Pablo was told that the U.S. wanted to move him to a tougher prison. So as we know, this is eventually when he made his escape. And in December of 1993, a year after his prison escape, he was shot dead on the roof when he was evading police capture. After the death of Pablo Escobar, there was no one making the rules or controlling the underworld, holding other bad people accountable for their actions. Every boss is now doing what they want because Pablo, the boss of bosses, was now dead. Medellin had now become the city of internal violence. Every week, hundreds of people were killed on the streets. The murder rate was five times higher than New York at the time, and the only city that ran close to the violence was Cali. Colombia had the highest murder rate than any other country, so much so that it was normal for kids to walk past dead bodies on their way to school. That's how Colombia was when the national team set off to win the 1994 World Cup being held in the USA. In the World Cup qualifiers, they finished first in their group above Argentina, Paraguay, and Peru. They only allowed two goals against them, finally beating Argentina 5-0 in Buenos Aires, getting a standing ovation from the Argentina fans. In 26 matches leading up to the 1994 World Cup, they only lost one against Bolivia. Iguita, the Colombian goalkeeper at the time, went to jail right before the World Cup for being involved in a kidnapping, which hit the Colombian team hard, making them quickly move on to a new keeper at such a pivotal time in the season. Before they set off, it was reported that Andres had been offered a contract to go play for AC Milan. Going into the World Cup with Andres as their captain, this Colombian national team was called the Golden Generation and among the favorite to win. After losing their first game, Colombia started getting death threats in their hotel rooms. Two hours before kickoff for their second game, the head coach showed up to the team meeting in tears, saying that if he played Gabriel Gomez, a midfielder, that the player and his family would be killed. Colombia had beaten the U.S. seven out of eight times that they had played each other. Since Colombia lost their first game already, they had to beat the USA, the host country of the World Cup. And by all means, Colombia had this game in the bag. In front of 93,000 people, 30 minutes went by, and it was still 0-0. Colombia had missed so many chances. Leading up to the 35th minute on a counterattack, the U.S. midfielder John Harkis crossed it into the penalty area. Andres should have by all means had this cross covered, but with efforts to clear the ball, it accidentally went in, an own goal by the Colombian side, putting the score 0-1 to with the USA up. Andres stayed laying on his back for a second, trying to gather his thoughts and really think about what just happened, as the US crowd went wild. With the expression on his face looking like any other player who scored an own goal, embarrassed and ashamed, Many friends and family watching the game thought they saw something else. Pain and fear. The team that could once pass the ball without having to look up, a team making filthy combinations up and down the field, had now fallen apart. No movement, no precision, no effort. Just after second half started in the 55th minute, the USA scored again, and it wasn't until the 89th minute that Columbia finally scored. But it was too late. Columbia lost 2-1. to one. 
And just like that, the USA had finally won their first World Cup game since the 1950s, with journalists talking about miracles in the headlines. The national team had hopes of possibly changing everyone's attitude back home in Colombia, making them proud of their country instead of being known for their murder rates, cocaine, and <laughs> my favorite coffee. They wanted to win the World Cup, and by all accounts were the team to win, but just before the final game against Switzerland, the head coach received another death threat, and rumors started coming out that a new drug cartel in Medellin would give the Colombian team a special welcome. As Andres arrived back in Medellin, he was met with friends and family members trying to lift his spirits. The usual, it was just a game, nothing serious, you didn't mean for it to happen. After the own goal, Andres' nephew told his mom, Mommy, they're going to kill Andres. And Andres' sister replied, no, sweetheart. People aren't killed over mistakes. Everyone loves Andres. On July 1st, 1994, he invited a teammate, Luis Herrera, out for a drink, but Luis advised Andres to stay home instead, saying it's not safe. But Andres didn't listen, saying that he needed to show his face to his people, his community, and his supporters. At roughly 10 p.m., he met up with three friends at El Indio nightclub. There, they had a few drinks, they got food, and they started to dance. He was happy. He was having a good time hanging out with his friends. Then, at 2 a.m., his friends ended up leaving, and Andres stuck around and decided to leave around 3 or 4. He was later seen talking to three to four men in a parking lot, apparently insulting him about his own goal that he had just made weeks earlier. He tried to reason with them, saying that he was human and he made mistakes. According to eyewitnesses, the guy shouted, You don't know who you're messing with. Thanks for the own goal. And just as Andres tried to leave and start heading home, one of the guys pulled out a gun and shot Andres six times in the back, yelling goal after each shot he took at Andres for every time the commentator yelled goal after that own goal in the match. Just like that, Andres was shoved into a taxi car, driven to the nearest hospital. But unfortunately, 45 minutes later, the 27-year-old was dead. license plates on the truck that drove off after shooting Andres was quickly found and linked to Santiago and Pedro Galan, members of the new Medellin cartel that was sending death threats to the whole Colombian team. As soon as Santiago's bodyguard was arrested, he quickly confessed to the murder. But everyone knows bodyguards don't kill people without being told. The brothers were acquitted after allegedly paying off the prosecutor $3 million to redirect the investigation only towards the gunman. Humberto Castro Munoz was sentenced to 43 years for the murder of Andres Escobar, but only served 11 years and was released on good behavior. The Galan brothers allegedly lost a fortune after Colombia was eliminated from the World Cup. With money being used as a cover-up, all reports say Andres simply had a drunken argument with the wrong people. But everyone in the community knew different. People still wonder would Andres have been killed if Pablo Escobar was still alive? Would they have killed Andres if he returned to Colombia a hero? The community of Medellin says it's very unlikely. Over 120,000 people attended his funeral, 
walking a total of 10 miles for the procession. After the death of Andres, every player and coach got their own bodyguard. Fans stopped showing up to the games after realizing that they could never get away from drugs because a player was just killed for an innocent mistake he made that could have happened to anyone. Realizing that this was now their life, Valderrama quit playing soccer along with two other players on the national team. In June of 2002, Medellin revealed a statue of Andres Escobar in remembrance of him and is said that every year, around or on the day of his death, Colombian fans bring flowers and pictures of Andres to the game to show respect. Andres's family claimed that maybe his death was the start of a new Colombia. When Colombia finally started to break up their cartels, drastically reduce the amount of cocaine that was being produced, and cut down on crime, there were 577 deaths in Medellin in 2017, compared to the 7,223 deaths in 1991. With the Colombian government now trying to take drug lords out of the soccer community, there were no funds for Colombia to bring in international trainers, players, or even pay enough money to keep those players around. Shortly after returning home from the World Cup in 1994, Andres' friends told him to write a journal entry in the Bogotá's El Tiempo newspaper, which would become very famous for the, for the Colombian community as well as his family and friends. And this is what he wrote. Life doesn't end here. We have to go on. Life cannot end here. No matter how difficult, we must stand back up. We only have two options. Either allow anger to paralyze us and the violence continues, or we overcome and try our best to help others. It's our choice. Let us please maintain respect. My warmest regards to everyone. It's been the most amazing and rare experience. We will see each other again soon because life does not end here. <laughs>